Ki, hello there and welcome to the Fox Den. Nistu Anagok Biksipidaki. I am Andrea Truejoy Fox, your host for Talks with a Fox. I'm happy you have joined me on this colorful adventure of self-discovery and lifelong learning. Throughout my journey, I have met some amazing human beings who are living inspirational and intentional lives as they fulfill their purpose and share their gifts with the world. I am excited to share these conversations with you, as well as some stories from my life as a Blackfoot woman, Nitsa Dabyaki, and as a teacher and artist who is navigating through this exciting and beautiful world we live in, challenges and all. So grab a tea or coffee and get ready to feel inspired as you reflect on your own exciting journey and your connection to the world. We are in this together. And there is so much for us to learn and share. Let's do this. I just want to thank you for following this wonderful journey and for connecting with Talks with a Fox on all of our social media and liking and commenting on our page. We appreciate all the inquiries that we have received regarding how you can further support Talks with a Fox podcast. So we have gone ahead and set up a Patreon account where you can subscribe and support the podcast. Feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash talks with a Fox podcast. There's also a link to the Patreon page on our Buzzsprout page where you can donate the amount of your choosing. It means so much to me that you are on this journey with us. Good morning, everybody. I am Andrea Truejoy Fox, your host for Talks with a Fox, and I have a lovely guest here who's going to share with us how she is connecting our Indigenous communities across North America through the world of running and how that intertwines with her own journey. I want to welcome Verna Voker from the Navajo Nation. Hello, Verna. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing out there? I'm good. We're everything's well here. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy week here to talk with me and um, share with our listeners everything that you're doing that's just so wonderful in our communities, especially the work that focuses on our Indigenous women. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, I enjoy doing it. Yes, I can tell. Um, I just love following your posts. And for our listeners, Verna Voker is she manages the Instagram page Native Woman Running. Yes. So be sure to follow her. And I will also drop all the links there of how you can follow this wonderful journey of so many of our women. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to know more about where you come from. I, I know you come from uh, the Navajo Nation, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background and where you grew up? Yes. Um, my name is Rena Volker. I am from the Navajo Nation. I am a Torichini, I am bitter water, born of the mud people. I grew up in northern New Mexico um, on the Navajo Nation. And then I have lived in several different parts of the United States. And um, now I have been living 
in Minneapolis, Minnesota for about 12 years. I am married and I have four children from the ages of uh, 16 to eight years old, three girls. I mean, not three girls, three boys and a little girl. So right now they are kind of taking up a lot of my time as a mother. And I also work uh, part-time as a teacher, a second grade, and I usually do a lot of the math and reading stuff in the morning. Um, Right now we are doing hybrid, so it's a lot of technical stuff and then in-person learning. So, but yeah, and I've, uh, I, yeah, so I've been away from home for a very long time. But I feel very connected. I feel like since I've been away from home, I have more of an appreciation of who I am as a Navajo and of just everything that I took for granted when I was younger now is more of appreciation of who I am as a person. Wow, that's so beautiful. Um, What a rich culture and upbringing it sounds that you've had. I mean, you've uh, shared that you were raised in a Hogan. Can you explain what a Hogan is? A, ho- <clears throat> a Hogan is a, um, a traditional Navajo home that is just a one-room Hogan, which was, uh, it's made out of like, you know, the earth, you know, the dirt, the wood, uh, the structure is just uh uh, very simple, and the door always face the east because the Navajo people believe that when you wake up, you should always, uh, you know, face the east or run to the east to greet Creator. And so I grew up in that when I was really young, and then unfortunately, with circumstances, uh, difficult um, things that happen in our life, we moved into town the nearest town, which was like probably an hour, hour and a half. So yeah, that was uh, a Hogan that was on my family's land. And uh, it's no longer there. And uh, my father actually built that Hogan and he passed in 1977. So that land is still there. And uh, you can see remnants, like remnants of the Hogan that still is there so but I have really uh beautiful memories of that as I can remember which uh, I'm always in shock how much I can remember as a little girl so um I really feel like now as we are away my family's such uh far away from home we always take our kids back to see my family every summer so they could see where I grew up so I really want them to know that this was part of who they are too as well. Yes, that's that's really important um you know in our communities and um same within like in the Blackfoot culture with our teepees we always have our doors facing the east. I I can relate with you on that because like you said to connect with creator as we start our day um yeah that so do are there people that still live in Hogan's? Yeah, you know, there is, uh, it's pretty significant um, there at home. Um, you know, there's usually um, like um, even like modern houses now today. Um, we're such a vast reservation that uh, there's a, even so people who still live in Hogan's today. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, we don't have one anymore. 
Um, but you know, you just have those fond memories. Um, I always tease my kids how like they never had their own rooms. Like, you know, I know that I didn't have my own room because we all just slept in one, basically one room house mm-hmm. on the floor. <laughs> and like, I was the youngest of 10. So that was just part of life, you know, no electricity, no running water. Um, yeah, that's just kind of how like we grew up. So I have really good memories of that. Wow, that's beautiful. Very, um, I think you're very fortunate because some, you know, some of our people don't always have access to, you know, having living in our traditional ways or living on the land. Um, It's really beautiful out there. I wanted to say I went out there for the Gathering of Nations a couple of times. So Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get to explore all of the area, but from what I did see in the Albuquerque and Santa Mm -hmm. Fe area, it's just, you know, very beautiful and, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to go out there more and spend time. I also have, you know, I met a lot of, uh, friends out there. I, I competed in the Miss Indian world pageant. Oh, nice. So yeah. I made lots of friends. I had, uh, you know, connected with a lot of the, the other girls who were in the pageant, uh, the other ladies who, and many of them were from, uh, the different Navajo nation communities. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful country, (laughs) especially when, like, you live here in Minnesota and you don't have, you know, I live right in the city, and there's just something about how vast and how you you tend to start missing mountains when you grew up around mountains and canyons, and so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... As I read a little bit up on you, um, I'm just excited to talk about this whole, uh, your own running journey um, that sparked the, or inspired you to start the Native Women Running account. Yes. How, so you started running in 2009. How did that all begin for you? Well, I, we moved here to Minneapolis from um, Nebraska. And during that time, I had my third child. And I just remember... Uh, I think that was at my heaviest. I was probably almost like 200 pounds. And granted, it was stressful. I mean, moving, having little kids and um, just not knowing. I think that's, I kind of found food as my, my comfort. And then I noticed when we moved here that there was a lot of, like there was a running culture here because we have such a great park system and trail system here in the city. And so I one day started, uh, I thought, oh, let me start running. And I had, I was never a runner. And a lot of Native people, like Navajos in general that I know, a lot of them grew up running, (laughs) you know, and I was just never that person. And so I started running and then I had no clue about a lot of the running terms that people say, like, you know, your PR, your uh, having a running watch, uh, a training plan. And so I decided to run a half marathon that August of 2009, a half marathon, and it was like 13.1 miles. And wow, I remember like not really my longest run was eight miles. And I was like, okay, I'm good to go. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I didn't know anything about it. 
and I remember even though then when I was running that I finished it and, you know, and I was still, I always post my picture on Instagram when I, of that photo, because I felt like that was my biggest, biggest accomplishment. And I was happy. I was happy about that. Um, and from that, it gradually turned into, um, weight loss and then I realized, oh, let me, let me consider doing a marathon, you know, which is like 26.2 miles. So I started training for that. And I, I learned to educate myself on method, like, you know, techniques or in things, how to like plan a run or train. And so I was better about that. Cause I was like, oh, there's probably something to it. And um, <laughs> so I ran my my first marathon in 2011. Then from there, I gradually, like I ran Chicago marathon twins and a marathon here in Minneapolis. Um, then I, I realized, wow, I could actually do this. And, you know, when you lose weight and then you decide to do these things, it builds a confidence in you that you never realized you had. And in the midst of that, I found this running uh, in the midst of motherhood because I had little kids and I was a stay at home mom. And that's all I did. My life was just raising these little guys then. And then, um, I had one more kid (laughs) threw that in the mix and I had a little girl and I just, during those times, those running, running, um, times that I had was either training for a race, but I think it became much more of finding this resilience that I never thought I had. From there, I decided in 2018 to run a 50K, which is a 31-miler ultra. We call us anything that's past like 26.2 miles, you start calling yourself an ultra marathoner. So I wanted to do that. And so I did, I ran like three, three of those. And I couldn't believe that I could actually run that long, <laughs> you know, yes. and you realize, and that's when I it really hit me, like I can actually do this. And it was just a more of a confidence builder. Like each time I did this and it wasn't so much like physically, but mentally these, it was a mental like strength. And, um, and then in October of last year, is when I ran my first, um, 50 miler, 50 miles. And that was a lot of training and a lot of time. And I think I just remember 50 miles is a lot of miles. (laughs) And I remember the halfway point and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I still have like 25 miles to go. And (laughs) it just, so people tease me, especially my husband, who's not a runner. He's like, I, why would you run that? Why can't you just drive? <laughs> but once you become a runner, you just do these crazy things. Like you want to push yourself. And I think running was, I mean, it was like weight loss. It was like physically like pushing yourself and mental strength. But running has really become like a healing process for me. Um, you know, I've had a lot of tragedy in my life growing up. And I think it was more of a, it's become a journey for me where there's times where I've cried on my runs or, you know, I had, I lost a brother uh, last year of November and um, 
you know, there's a lot of loss in my family. And so my last, this 50 miler that I did last year, I like dedicated five miles to like my dad, you know, another five miles to, you know, my brother that I lost in 92 and my sister that I lost in 2000, you know, three. And I think that just really was one of those things where even though it was so hard, it was the people that I dedicated those miles to that really helped me push through that. And not just that race particular like that instance, but it was a lot of races before that. And so then now I just been, I just been running. And uh, right now with current situation, a lot of races are canceled. So I just run to keep sane, I guess right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how my journey has gone and has still going. Uh, I, I hope someday with everything happening and with COVID that we can get back to these races. And, and I was scheduled to run Boston uh, in April for a charity called uh, Wings of America. And, and that was huge because for Boston, you have to qualify and you have to be really fast. And I'm not a fast runner. And I think that's what I, people who follow my personal account, I really, I share that, you know, I'm not fast, but I'm a slow runner and it's okay to be slow. And so when that opportunity for Boston to run for charity, you know, I was like thrilled and it was like for a runner, that's like a dream. So I'm hoping the charity that I'm going to be running for said that they would continue to ask me to do it and they want me to experience that race. And so they'll wait until we can actually travel to Boston and run. So I'm really happy about that. That's amazing. And and by the way, congrats on being part of that uh, very prestigious uh, charity. Thank you. This one is in Albuquerque. And uh, it's in Albuquerque and they uh, work with Native youth. And so what we do is they they take, um, they choose one uh, male, one female to run to raise money for Wings of America. And then we, Wings of America chooses five uh, Native youth from any reservation, um, they look at their, I think their grades and their performance and running. And we take them to, we fly them to Boston and they spend the weekend there, uh, tour- touring like different colleges and, uh, running the Boston 5k and just kind of getting that experience for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that everything will, you know, go back to, races so that even so not just for me but for these kids these youth to native youth to have that experience so yeah so I'm very excited about that opportunity eventually that will happen down the road yes and I think that's just amazing connecting you know kids to physical activity and then of course to education and then so it sounds like you'd be in a mentoring role. Um, you, you yourself being a teacher and then a runner, that's, that's really, um, that looks just like, that's so, uh, that's just so beautifully connecting, you know, and then you, you're sharing your, I'm sure you're sharing your own, uh, stories of resilience with the people that you meet and children and youth. 
Um, wow. I, I'm excited for you. And I guess it, it, it brings me to mm-hmm. my next curiosity about you, Verna, is what is, um, when you're running, when you're signing up for these races and you're competing in them, um, are you noticing other Indigenous runners coming out? Is there, like in the different areas that you run in, is there a lot of Indigenous runners or, you know, is there a community there that you see? Well, yeah, here in um, Minnesota, I've noticed, um, like when you, you know, there's a difference, like there's the road races, which is, there's also the trail runners. And I really like trail running because I really am a nature person. And with trail running, I like it because it's slower. <laughs> it's more my pace. And so I noticed in mm-hmm. the last couple of, like, what, two years that I've been running trails, um, it, it it's very far and few that you see any, like, brown faces at these races. I mean, there's, uh, I know there's Native people here, um, but I just, I always feel like it's a little different here in Minnesota, but it depends where you are. But really, the races that I have ran so far, I haven't really seen anyone. Um, but, you know, when I compare it to, like, back at home in New Mexico, you know, near the reservation, they seem to have a lot of people show up that are Native. So um, I think it's, it just may, it just uh, it depends, I guess, where you are. But here for me, I haven't really seen that in Minnesota. I, I really appreciate how you talk about your pace and, you know, you know, sharing that you're not the fastest runner, which I kind of beg to differ. I mean, you're all, you, you've run ultra marathons. Uh (laughs) Um, That is amazing. Just running a 5k, you know, and then you add in doing the marathons. That's, that's really inspiring. And I was a cross country coach when I was teaching uh, middle school and I, I could relate to you when you talked about, you know, mm-hmm. just getting when you first started out and, you know, you're figuring out things and how to, you know, your what's going to work technique. I wasn't the first teacher to put my hand up to be the cross country coach. Yeah. I wanted to coach basketball, um, but that was spoken for. So nobody uh-huh. wanted to coach cross country and it sort of became, <laughs> OK, well, Andrea is going to coach cross country. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I haven't really, I'm not a runner myself. Um, you know, I play basketball, but um, if there's yeah, no ball, exactly. I'm not running, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, it was a lot of research just on my own and then look and then doing it. What I found was when I was running with my students, the athletes, it was me training myself while yeah. I was training them because, I just, I had to be that coach that, you know, I didn't want to be on the sidelines trying to motivate these kids to, you know, get moving <laughs> while I'm just standing there. I was like, no, I'm going to do the exactly. blood, sweat and tears with exactly. them and <laughs> try. <laughs> and that is yeah. humbling, you know, when you, you know, when you just, the way you described your first race, um, my first race was, you know, I, we were brought mm-hmm. to this, uh, to our community and it was a cold, rainy day and, um, muddy, oh. every, the trail was muddy and the bus dropped us off. And 
you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay here nice and warm in the bus while they, you know, once they get uh, going, I'll jump back on the bus and wait till mm-hmm. I see them start coming back around. And the ladies who organized it, um, and okay. it was a suicide prevention run, the yellow ribbon run. And the ladies that uh, were facilitating it came onto the bus and they're like, um, I was just waiting for the last couple of kids to get their shoes on. And she's like, well, Andrea, you're, you're going to run too. Right. And I said, Oh no, I I'm yeah. coaching and you know, I got to receive the runners as they come through and <laughs> long story short, they, um, somehow I'm, I'm at the starting line with the kids and I'm just thinking, Oh I'm my like God, what am I doing? <laughs> Yes, I was terrified. But I will tell you, Berna, as soon as you know, the the race marshal started us off, I, you know, I just followed the kids on their route. And I remember there's this one hill that comes up. And it's literally like you're, you know, you're moving through sludge and it's pulling you and you're falling. And I'm like, okay, this is humbling. And, you know, this is what I signed up for. But yeah, that feeling, I'm sure you, you know, all runners, you know, know that feeling when you cross that finish line, whatever it took for you to get there, it's just, there's no other feeling like it. Yeah, it's, it is. And I think each time that happens, you just... I always often like look back on these, these races and especially today when, you know, I'm not running as much because of work and stuff and, um, or when a run is really difficult or I always think about these runs that I've done and I think, okay, I did that, you know, I can do this run, you know, it's, it's yes. always look back and think, you know, what, despite how hard running could be, you know, I'm probably not as in shape like I was a year ago, but it's like just being grateful for those experiences and running is such a gift to me now that I don't take for granted. So, wow, that's so powerful. And I'm just so happy our listeners are are hearing your story because, you know, I'm sure it's going to motivate many people and, and to, you know, to keep moving no mm-hmm. matter how busy we get and you being, you know, one of the most important jobs is being a mom and, mm-hmm you know, you're out there doing it. So I, I really respect you for that. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, so then you are noticing your community. And then when I look at the native women running Instagram, I see so many of our women out there. And, um, I think that's so helpful for many of us to see that even if yes, we might be feeling isolated in our own running communities because we're the only indigenous person, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that we recognize out there, or, you know, you just sometimes wonder, are there others out there? You know, um, I think your page is so inspiring and it's very comforting for especially us native women to see each other out there doing it. And I love how you share the stories like that. I love reading captions. I'm a caption reader. So I read all those details that the women post of themselves and why they ran that day. And, um, you know, and I love Mm -hmm. seeing the different backgrounds too, from all where all the women come from. Um, so you started this page about two years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. So once you let's, when I started going on like social media, I noticed there's like a running community on there. And, um, I had already like some native runners that followed me on my personal account. 
so one day when I was scrolling through Instagram, because, you know, they have these like, you know, people that they highlight. I don't know how Instagram does that, but, but I kept seeing that one type of runner, you know, the, you know, white, blonde, mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful, flawless girl, you know, who's running or who's holding a baby and running Boston <laughs> or, and you know, I didn't really see myself. And then I did my research of like running magazines, like Runner's World, Ultra Running. And I noticed every time on their cover or inside the magazine, if there was a shoe like Brooks Running or the advertisement was people who were not, they were mainly non-native or, you know, people who the status quo, I guess you would say. And I was frustrated because I knew that there was probably other runners like me. So then I decided to start this Instagram account and I asked some of my native followers if I started this, if they would follow the native women. And they're like, yes, we would. And so it, it's, um, so yeah, it's just been one of those things where I really, all I do is share stories and I repost their journeys and they tag me. And I just try to make it a place of positive motivation, inspiration, and community. Um, It's always been a virtual community because I have followers from all over the Mm -hmm. world who follow us. And so when I did that, I was just really, I mean, it didn't really grow overnight. (laughs) You know, it was, excuse me, it was a process. And so I noticed like as every like week I noticed people just sharing and I knew, noticed a lot of things that native women go through or how we are we relate in those ways and I truly believe and you probably know this too is how we are even though I might not be from the same tribe as another, you know, Native woman. We consider ourselves like sisters. And so I felt like this has just become this community of just Native women. Because I feel like in this life that we have, we are perceived a lot from the past, from past, or these stereotypes, or, you know, People, I often see runners that, even Native runners in general, just like, we're so underrepresented Uh in a lot of things, and especially in the running community. You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll see, well, not a lot of times, but a handful of times, I will see an article of, you know, Indigenous runner in a magazine. And uh, I feel like it's gotten better in the last couple, like, year. And so because of my frustration, (laughs) I started this account that that's all I do. And I, um, it's gotten really, um, it's been really successful. And I try to keep it positive as much as I Uh can, because I truly believe that's what we need as indigenous people is that continue to encourage each other uh, to continue to motivate and feel inspired by each other 
I personally love bringing Native women together, and I just want them to know that this is their space. This land was taken away from us. You know, our land was stolen from us. I want these women to know, like, this is your space, too, to run. This is your space. And I think oftentimes we don't feel welcome or we don't feel like we can be a part of this. So I feel like Native Woman Running has been able to do that. And um, I'm very proud of all these women. I feel like every one of them should be on this, like, they should be celebrated, whether they just started a 5K, whether they've ran 100 miles or they ran like a half marathon. Like, I feel like every one of them should be celebrated because of what they've done. And and the similar story, too, is we all run because of healing. And some of us have run, we run because we have had someone pass away. And so I think in that way, it's been really very uh, similar stories. And I see that all the time when I read what they have or what they're sharing, that it's true. It's, we all kind of relate in those ways. Wow. Yes. That's, I mean, I, I, I want to go back to um, us being underrepresented in, in media and, you know, in, in so many ways. And, and there is, there are so many of us out there doing amazing things, you know, including running and, I really love that your your uh, organization and your social media page brings awareness to that. And as you said, it's so important for us to see ourselves in these media for, forms of media. And I think of the young girls coming up, you know, for them to see strong, powerful Native women, regardless of their age, out there being physically active, but also sharing their healing stories. And I think that's really beautiful. And I'm so grateful for it. And I, I remember, mm-hmm. though, um, when I started following your page, I was curious and, you know, more about the person behind the page, you know, and that's why <laughs> no. I was like, I have to have her on on the podcast, because, you know, it's amazing, all these stories, but I would like to know the story of, of the woman who's who started this um, amazing <laughs> network of sisterhood, you know? Um, yeah, so, um, and then, you, and then you talked about how you know, the healing part of it, um, that's so, so incredibly important to us. Um, you know, us as women, you know, we, we experience trauma and we, and loss and we carry a lot of the weight of our communities, you know, in so many ways. So, um, I, I connect to, you know, you're talking about running as healing and running is, has been my Mm -hmm. form of healing and being out in nature. And as a teacher, you know, after those long days, it's such a great way to, to let go of all that stress from the day, the work day. Um, yeah. So you teach, um, elementary education, is that right? Yeah, I teach us uh, second grade and I do, uh, we do this hybrid learning right now. And um, I do like Monday through Thursday, like in person and then do online. So it's been, and I haven't, I've been a teacher for a long time, uh, but then I stopped because I stayed home to raise my kids. 
so I'm really getting back into this because uh, when I was teaching, I had no kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now it's like I have kids, and so when I come home, I mean, granted they're older, which is nice, um, but it does keep me busy where I'm still trying to do stuff and trying to adjust to to everything. But it's it's you know I have just a really good support group, and so yeah, it's I work with. Um, uh, a small school, it's an inner city school here in Minneapolis, where uh, we work with um, the people in our community um, uh, who are African-American, African immigrants. We have some Native students. And so it's been such a wonderful, uh, uh, just a place to be. And mm-hmm. especially during this time where there's been a lot of unrest, I guess you would say, here in our city that you see how much what you're doing is so important and effective and that families trust you with their, their child. So, you know, and it's only been a week of school, but it's like my heart, they've already have a place in my heart. And so, (laughs) um, so yeah, it's, it's been really good for just our kids and our family to be immersed in other people's lives, different cultures. It's just not one, you know, we are seeing more than what's happening. And a lot of our families were affected by what what happened here uh, in regards to uh, George Floyd. So I'm, yes. And I think I shared a story on my social media about how just in this week at recess, I saw one of, I see these little, you know, black kids running around and these little black boys and they're so happy. Yeah. <laughs> they're so happy, carefree. And it made me think about their lives, you know, their future and how you don't want them. You want to just protect them from hate. You yes. know, you want to protect them from all this. And um, so, yeah, it really hit me this week. So, so I was just grateful, grateful that I could be a part of their life in some way. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes a very special person to teach children, you know, um, that's a, and that's one of the most important times in our, mm-hmm. our children's lives is, you know, those primary in the primary years and yeah. in the primary grades. Um, yeah. I taught grade one and I, I know what you mean. They, you know, they grab your heart since day one <laughs> yes, and, they do. and I think you know, elementary teachers are so amazing because we are preparing them for the rest of their, their lives, you know, yeah. when, yeah. so that's, so you true. have a huge heart, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Softy. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but okay. So on that note of, you know, uh, strong native women, mm-hmm. your, uh, organization, um, creates awareness for missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, can you tell us more how how your organization has been uh, a wonderful place to create that awareness? Yes. Um, so I, I feel like this awareness um, is a shared awareness by many of our women, um, that not just one person is doing this. I, I believe that for me, I know when everything happened or, you know, as I find out more about MMIW, I remember wanting to do something 
And I really couldn't, and because of just being a mother and working and things like that, that um, I have gone to like different like uh, uh, walks and um, marches in regards to MMIW. And once again, you know, it goes back to these are our sisters. So two years ago when um, I partnered with uh, Red Earth Running Company, which I'm their ambassador. They're like um, a running company owned by um, a Native couple in Iowa. And so I told them about this idea. This was before virtual runs were even popular now, because like you can have a virtual run every weekend now and challenges. So before that was even popular, um, I told um, the founder of Red Earth, I said, I have this idea about, you know, doing this virtual run for MMIW um, and, you know, we can make t-shirts and the proceeds uh, could go to an organization and everyone that day would just wear red and run <clears throat> on May 5th, the National Day of Awareness. Everyone wears red and runs or kind of any kind of movement on that day, anytime, any miles, um, anywhere can just run in honor of our missing and murdered indigenous women. And so uh, Dirk, the founder, the founder was like, that's a great idea. And so we made t-shirts and um, anyone that day, people would just tag us. And, and then I felt like really honored because I had a, like a group run planned that morning at one of our local parks and uh, Peggy Flanagan, uh, our lieutenant governor, and uh, Mary Podine, who are here in Minnesota, who are one of the driving force behind Minnesota's um, MMIW task force, were there. So I felt really honored that they could come. And all we did was walk around the lake or run around the lake. And so it really, I was really surprised how big it got. I was trying that day to repost all these hashtags. And it was really exciting because we had a group in Tucson called Indigenous Volunteers. They made a, they had a 5k that day. Uh, we had people running like group runs in Arizona. We had people running in Canada. We had some people out in Germany doing that. People, we have a connection, a connection with some Indigenous runners out in Australia. Um, and they did that that day. And it was incredible. Because I feel like everyone should be part of this, uh, this awareness. <clears throat> that I know oftentimes, like I shared, I can't be at marches. I would love to. But I feel like everyone could do something and that they knew that they could be a part of it on that day by just simply walking outside or getting on their treadmill and to just flood social media with red and people being curious about why are they doing this. And during that time, I was getting messages from people who had people. they that they lost in regards to um, their mother, like in regards to MMIW, like their mother was murdered or um, cold cases that they knew of, you know, of their niece or just different stories were shared on a personal level. 
and why they were doing it. And that was really moving because I just felt like them to be able to share that was huge. And I was really thankful that we could do that. And so that was really good. And then as we made these t-shirts, we gave the money to uh, some of the proceeds to Urban Indian Health Institute. And they're the ones that been, I think you've seen the study where they did the study in regards to MMIW here in the U.S. And so I, I felt like it was just a really good, a good cause. And so we've been doing that every, well, it's been only like two times now, but I feel like it's been a really good thing. And I hope that we can continue to do this because I feel like, <clears throat> I mean, I know people who haven't even heard about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised because I feel like it should, people should know about this now, but yes. people don't. And I feel like we really need to share this and that if we can use our running this way to help bring awareness, you know, that's, <clears throat> I think that's just really a, a good way. And like recently, just like actually yesterday, someone sent me a post where they're doing a run. Uh, and so uh, in regards to MMIW, and so sometimes I just share those things about what people are doing. Um, so I, I feel with this whole, um, crisis that even though I might know, I might not know someone personally in regards to that, that it's like, we're all fighting for the same cause of getting, you know, justice for these women or bringing them home, uh, telling people the truth of what's going on, that we are not highlighted in the media. That when our sisters go missing or murdered, they get lost. I think I heard a quote, I can't remember where, but it says they get lost in life in the media and in the data. And I believe that is so true. And if we could just bring some kind of awareness on social media, which I feel like is really powerful, then we've done, a, we've done our job because it's not about me. It's not about Native women running. It's about these families and the loss they have. So I always have to just remember that it's it's about them and uh it's been pretty just for me I have a little girl who's eight you know if anything ever happened to her I would do anything in my power to bring her home or to get justice for her and I think that motivates me too so yeah so that's what we've been doing well you are an incredible ambassador and advocate for the voice of our women out there and this platform, the way you're using it and providing access to others to create more awareness is just, it's so empowering. And, you know, it's, it's I know that it's sparking um, inspiration in others to, to do more and to realize that we can do more. And, and like you said, it's not always necessarily being out at the protests or, you know, the marches. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just simply in the choices we make every day and how we can be aware and share that awareness with others. Um, so is there, as you're running, um, you know, if you're running solo and, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you, what do you do to feel safe out there? Because sometimes those are, 
-hmm. when I overthink that, it almost like paralyzes me to say, and then I overthink, okay, what if this happens or this, you know, cause I'm in the city and I'm running in the trails or the coolies. Um, what are some things that you do to, to feel safe? Yes. Which brings me to a good, good point too. One of the things too, I feel like on native woman running that I really stress is the prevention part of all this. There's a lot of advocacy and a lot of, you know, awareness, which is wonderful, but I rarely see the other side of prevention. And, and I, I feel like that's important. I've shared this with Native Woman Running. Um, I've been able to have a partnership with, we have a partnership with a, a company called Go Guarded, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is kind of like my behind the scenes job that I do is I email companies. And I just say, hey, you know, can you follow us? Can you um, check us out? And uh, I think this particular company, I just emailed them and said, you know, this is the crisis that our women are having, and we really believe in prevention. And and so they got on board with me, and they have this, like, ring that you can wear, and it's plastic, and it's, like, a serrated, sharp. So, like, if someone was to come and attack, come, like, attack you, that ring, you basically can like, you know, use that as protection. So, so that's one of the things like we have like a discount code and just really being able to have that partnership meant a lot because I have had incidents where, where I've had been followed on a run on a, cause I run all year here in Minnesota. I run on cold early mornings (laughs) and one morning I did. And, um, and I had a vehicle follow me where I ended up calling 911 and I had runners, some two, two runners had, were on like the path and they kind of, you know, took me in and uh, watched over me. Um, I've been running on trails. Sometimes I've had to run on trails early in the morning, which is probably not wise by myself, but I think who's out here in the middle, you know, of the, you know, I usually drive out to the trails and stuff. And one morning out of nowhere, you know, someone, I heard a voice, someone saying, and thankfully I was with a girl, another girl and someone out of the blue just started talking to us and we didn't see them. And this is like, when you have your headlamp on, it's dark in the morning. So I think those incidents really has, uh, cause I would do this all the time, but I think in the last couple of years, I've just felt more of a fear of running and I love running alone. <clears throat> because I'm an introvert by nature <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I can be an extrovert when I have to, but in, I love running alone because I don't have to talk to people. And, uh, and so, and so I think one of the things that I have shared is some tips, for instance, um, like not wearing your headphones when you're running, always being aware of your surroundings, uh, letting people know where you're going and when you'll be back and what you're wearing. Um, there's a lot of tracking devices that you can have where they, I think there's a one call road ID that you can like an app that you can put on where the, you know, the other person, like, you know, your partner or someone, your family member knows where you're knows where you are and they can track you. Um, I tell people to carry pepper spray. I tell people to take advantage of, you know, this ring, go, go guarded ring. I have a personal alarm that I wear that I snap on my t- my shirt 
it's a personal alarm. So when you push it, it makes this really loud sound. Yes. So that's what I wear along with my ring. Um, I wear my headphones only when I start to see familiar faces on the trail. And because you kind of get to know people. And I wear it when I know that and I keep it on low volume. And so, um, and then I just, I tell my husband where I'm going. I tell him what time I'll be back. And I, this is what I'm wearing. Um, yeah. And those are the things that we've been able to, that I feel like I've been able to do. And another organization called Roaring Lion was able to give just a couple of weeks ago, gave a virtual self-defense for native woman running. So they partnered with up partner with us and they were able to, uh, I think we got about 20, 25 women from native woman running and they did a specific training for us of, uh, self-defense. And so kind of those things that I'm really, I push for because once again, it's that mother in me, like I want to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, I feel like with what is going on with our native women, um, you know, we always have to watch our back mm-hmm. and we don't play victim. And I really feel strongly that we can be confident in our running, but we have to just be ready and prepared. As yes. And I, and I think as I get older and as I've had these incidents, I'm a little bit more, uh, like hesitant, um, now. And I've just been able to, uh, just maybe plan my run when I feel like there's more light out or um, just being prepared always and looking around. And so those are some of the things that I do um, to protect myself. And I think it's so crucial in every day, every like that we just need, because I know a lot of my followers on Native Women Running, a lot of them run in rural areas or they're in cities. And so I just want them to be prepared each time. Yes. Those are all very, very wise words and tips. I'm I'm really glad, Verna. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, I, there's, I know there's going to be lots of our women listening to this and it's just, it's such good in reminders and sometimes things we don't think of. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I have, uh, I have a little alarm as well. And, um, okay. I just send my, through my phone, I send my location to family, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. I let them know here, I'm going here and here's my location. And then I'll, I, this is how long it should take me. And then I'll text you when I get home or I'll call you when I get home. And my yeah. mom, of course, always worries. And my sister, yeah. <laughs> they're always like, you really shouldn't be going alone, you know? Yeah, so, right. I know. Um, yeah. But I do now try to ha- go with a partner, you know, because yeah, yeah it's, we ha- we just have to take those uh, precautions. And, you know, I, I love how you say, you know, we're not playing victim. However, we do need to be realistic and we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you a couple of things here that you mentioned um, just for our, our listeners as mm-hmm. well. Um, you mentioned the virtual run. When is your next one for the missing and murdered Indigenous women? Well, we usually do that like May 5th. I'm really trying to encourage people that um, with the running community in general, we try to really tell people to run solo just because of COVID and so discouraging group runs. And uh, I didn't want to put that on people. So, but people ended up running. Um, 
And so even so with like the Navajo Nation, you know, we were, a lot of my followers are from the Navajo Nation too. And, um, and so I just was trying to be sensitive to that. So, um, so yeah, we have it, um, every year, May 5th and hopefully by 2021, people can be allowed to do group runs. So, but usually on Native Woman Running, I will share, I think different people will have like a virtual run or walk or in regards to that. So I try to share it as much as I can on my um, social media. Um, I think there's one that's coming up that I'll be sharing pretty soon. Um, so yeah, whenever I try to do these things, I'm just, I kind of got <clears throat> Native Woman Running is growing and it's gone kind of over my head where I feel like I need to, I need to have a, some, some staff, <laughs> you know, yes. I hire someone <laughs> to be doing my social media or just, uh, cause I'm just running this by myself. And I didn't, when I started this, I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. But yeah. it's gotten really uh, popular where, uh, people want to interview or like, um, people want to know what we're doing. And sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I, especially now that I'm working. So it's, it's really, um, I'm not complaining. It's a really good thing. And I'm very excited about it because I really am trying to push for representation of our indigenous women to be more visible in the running community and to share these stories. Um, because I feel like they deserve it. They deserve it. And I, one of the quotes that I put on Native Woman Running, I think was, you know, this is your land, you know, you should run on it, you know? Um, yes. Because technically really everywhere's our land. And I'm like, well, get out there sisters, you know, this is yeah. yours too. You know? <laughs> like, I just want to say that to them because, you know, because in it's, it's sadly, the space is so small for us. Our space for running is so small. Well, but when you, in reality, when you think about it, it's like, this is yours. And, and, you know, even though my people weren't here in Minnesota, you know, the people here, the native people here, you know, that this was their land. And so I really try to just kind of encourage everybody to do that. And I just, I'm so proud of everyone who shares their story and their journey. And um, I, I just feel like it's motivating for everybody. Oh, I love that. Yes. And yes. And you're right. This is our land. Get, get out there and run it, you know? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a beautiful message. Um, so can people still purchase t-shirts for the fundraiser and and when they visit your website? Well, we don't have them now. No. Um, well, that's one of the things I'm trying to work on is right now, like Red Earth Running Company, they sell like my native woman running okay. t-shirt. Um, I partnered with them. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is set up my own like yeah. um, store for more merchandise. Um, those are one of the things that I'm working on in my, in this life that I'm trying to live is, uh, just kind of developing that. I, I don't have any money. I always tell people I have no money. <laughs> and so just trying to like get that and establish that, um, it, I, it's a lot of work. And so I would love to have a store where people can, you know, have our merchandise and hopefully in the future, um, maybe ho hopefully by our next big virtual run in May, 
that that will be established and that we can have a t-shirt and um, we can give money to some organization. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of future things that I hope that will happen. Well, I'm sure they will because how you've already brought this community together and, you know, funding for, for a lot of our, our indigenous organizations that, you know, seems to be a challenge. Um, you know, I, I, it's a great investment into our communities. So, um, people out there with funding, if you're listening, (laughs) (laughs) you know, support this. You know, it's okay too. I, I always just feel like, um, like I said, I love doing this. And um, my goal was always to, like, just after I get off with you, I'm going to, you know, every Friday I feature, I call it feature Friday. And so I always share a um, native woman, run, a native woman runner. And so, you know, I love sharing that stories because uh, it's just interesting how people come from so many different walks of life. And uh, so I, I just love doing that. Oh, I, I know you do, Verna. I, I hear it and I see it in you. And um, just a shout out to you for your uh, being featured in Ultra Running Magazine. Um, for our listeners, just type in Verna Voker and then ultrarunning.com and you will read an amazing article on her. Um, I read your article and it, was, it just really inspired me. You know, um, I, my running has been uh, slightly put on hold, but I'm getting back to it. And this conversation has reignited that in me. And thank you for doing that for me and so many oh. of our other women out there because we need it. And like you said, it's a, it's a community of sisterhood. And, and when we can exactly. lean into each other, you know, so many amazing things happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. I agree. Alrighty. So as we finish up this awesome conversation, I always like to do the final four questions. So, um, they are just questions that I like to ask you. And basically first thing that comes to mind is, is, is how you respond. So if you're good with that, we will, we'll move into that. Okay. All right. So, uh, question one, do you have a theme song? for your running life? <laughs> so I don't know. I think it was Alicia Keys. This girl is on fire. I think that it was called. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I yeah. I always, you know, when I listen to them, like, yes, you know, <laughs> makes me go a little bit faster. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. That's great. Um, okay. Uh, what would you tell someone who is contemplating running or who is new to running? Um, just to take it slow. Um, you know, just, uh, don't push yourself and start. It'll take like little steps and you'll get there. Mm. And I always tell people, if I can run, you can run. <laughs> mm, wow. I love that. So true. Um, what is your dream race? the Boston marathon, hopefully, hopefully with everything, I hope to run that someday. Uh, cause I, it's like a runner's bucket list. And if that ever happened, I would to have a medal that has Boston marathon is, I would just be happy with that. So, <laughs> wow. You'll, you are going there. <laughs> I see you doing it. Um, yes. Okay. Final question. Native women are? They are strong and resilient and 
just inspiring all that. Beautiful. So true. And yes, we are. And Mm -hmm. you are out there doing it and showing it. And that is true leadership. And I I love that. And the humility that I hear in your spirit, Verna, is really um, uplifting. And I will keep you in my prayers as I think of you when you run. And yes, all our women out there too. Um, Thank you for doing the work you do. And you are so appreciated. And I know so many of our communities just respect what you do. And it's people like you who help us to keep, who remind us to keep moving when things get tough. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Well, my dear, thank you for giving me your time today. I honor the space that we shared and I will definitely put up your, all your website info for our, our listeners who may be new to this community and who want to get involved and follow your journey and all the other amazing indigenous women out there as well in the running world and those sharing their stories. And, um, I wish you all the best with your to have a wonderful and beautiful teaching journey this year with all the little people you are are working <laughs> with. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Don't you just feel so motivated, inspired, and empowered listening to such a strong, powerful, resilient warrior woman such as Verna Voker? I know I did. I am truly inspired by all the things that she is doing and the ways that she is contributing to our Indigenous Nitsitapi communities and also to the world of running. The world of running needs to hear and see more of these stories of all of our very gifted and strong, powerful runners out there and our native women who are running and not just running for themselves and their wellness, but they are also running for their communities, for the healing in themselves, for the healing of their families and everybody around them. NativeWomenRunning.com is where you can learn more about what Verna's organization does and how it increases the awareness of the powerful Indigenous women out there who are running and also to missing and murdered Indigenous women. Her account is for underrepresented Native women runners in the running world. It has rapidly brought community, motivation and inspiration of Native women who like to be active. And that's what our young girls and our boys need to see. They need to continue to see how healthy we can be, how active we can be. And as they reflect on where we all come from, our ancestors who lived on this land, who walked on this land and who ran on this land, we have it within us and it is still in us to continue to be resilient and physically active and aware of our space and surroundings and how important our connection to Ksahkom, Mother Earth is. I'm so grateful to have shared this conversation with Verna and I know that you will be inspired and you're going to walk away thinking differently and perhaps more open to the possibilities of what it is you can do as an individual in your own wellness and healing journey and how that is intertwined with the healing of your communities. As Verna says, running and crying and letting it go, knowing that tomorrow is a new day, is so true. Running is healing. 
I heal when I run. I feel so good. I feel so alive. And I feel so connected to our land. Please do make sure you stop in and check in on the Instagram account, Native Women Running, because there you are going to hear the many stories of our Indigenous Nitsita Biaki women out there who are living it, who are doing it, and who are truly leading the way to healthy wellness and resilience. I wish Verna all the best in her journey, and I, as I continue to look at all the stories that she shares and all of our women out there. I'm so inspired and I can't wait to see what else comes about with her journey as the founder of Native Women Running. I hope you have truly looked into your own wellness journey and that this helps perhaps ignite that within yourself and your family and your community. Many blessings to Verna and all the truly strong, resilient Indigenous women out there. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. And remember to get moving. Gadakiramatsen. <laughs>